Welcome to your IVF Abroad podcast, where I will share, educate and empower you on your journey with infertility and IVF Abroad. I'm Emma Haslam, your host, mum via treatment abroad and the IVF Abroad expert. Since the birth of my son in 2018, I have made it my mission to make fertility treatment more transparent, accessible, supported and affordable. I now help people around the world just like you to find a safe, best fit clinic, have fertility treatment and achieve their dreams of starting or expanding their families. And I'm here now to help you too. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Your IVF Broad podcast with me, your host, Emma Haslam and infertile mum of one and co-founder of Your IVF Abroad. I hope you're doing well. I can't believe that today is the first day of autumn and here in the UK we have most definitely not had a summer and I'm not feeling ready to be moving into the burr months. But anyway, here we are. I wanted to come on and do an episode for you, breaking down the steps that you need to take to have fertility treatment abroad because I know how big, overwhelming and scary it can feel, especially when it's something you've not done before. And it did to me as well. And I just thought if I come and just do some literal step by step by step by step actions, it might feel more achievable for some of you, or certainly at least clear up the process. I have done another podcast on the process, um, but this is more about the the kind of steps to take. So you might want to go and have a listen to that as well. But let's dive on in. So the first thing you're going to be doing is you're going to be doing your research because you need to find the right destination to have your treatment in, one that meets your needs, one where you want to be, one that's safe, etc. And the same goes for when finding a clinic as well. What I'd suggest if you haven't listened to my previous episodes where I've talked in at length and in detail about finding a destination a clinic, that you go back after this and have a listen to those as well. But they're your first steps. Once you've found a clinic, you then need to agree with them your treatment plan and timings for treatment. So when you're going to get started and then get your protocol and prescriptions sorted. I'd also suggest at this point as well, getting the final costings from the clinic for your treatment too. Once you've done this, if you haven't done this already, I would be checking passport validity and visa requirements if there are any, just so that there are no surprises later on down the line, meaning that you either can't travel out there or can't travel back. This is something that is um, worth setting a reminder for in your phone probably periodically every six months anyway, which is what I've done, Um, just because it's one of those things that you think, I'll do that later, and then later never comes. And then I have had people who have unfortunately then been caught out with this. So that's an important thing to do. Or if you're thinking, oh, gosh, do you know what? I can't remember the last time I looked at my passport. Then maybe go and do it straight after this, uh, this podcast. The next thing I would suggest, and the last episode of the podcast was, was was looking at this in depth, but I really suggest getting either a notebook or 
you can go and get a copy of my planner and journal for having fertility treatment abroad, which is specifically set up to help people who are having treatment abroad. It's a great way to keep everything organized in one place. And it gives you hints, tips, reminders, that kind of thing. And then it's also a place to be able to journal your feelings as well. So, you know, helping you to keep on top and manage how you're doing. And it's a great way to reflect back on your journey afterwards. So as I say, you know, you've got the option of my planner, which I'll link in the show notes or a notebook, whatever suits you best. But whatever you need, I suppose, to stay organized is what I'm saying. And if you need more tips on organization, go back and listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. And I dig into that in a lot more detail. Once you've understood the cost for your treatment, you need to understand when you need to make payment or payments, as often is the case, just so that you can get yourself sorted. And how are you going to pay? Is it card? Is it cash, etc.? And if you go in abroad, there are credit cards out there that give favorable rates on um, you know, transactions abroad. So you get, for example, in the UK, there's a credit card where you get the Bank of England base rate um, on transactions. So you get a more favorable rate than taking out cash from a local um, travel agent, for example. So something like that might be useful. And you've got protection when you pay and buy things like credit cards as well. The next thing to do once you have uh, a date is to get your medication sorted. This can feel and can be really stressful for people. Um, Things like medication shortages, particularly since Brexit, Um, medication having different names in different countries, different pharmacies having different requirements in terms of what they can accept, whether that's like a hard copy or the clinic has to send the the prescriptions across, um, getting medication quickly enough. There are, you know, there can be some some challenges for sure. And as a result of that, I decided to collaborate with um, a pharmacist abroad who can basically give you a no obligation quote for your medication. You just fill out a really simple and easy form and attach picture or pictures of your prescription or prescriptions and then you get a no obligation quote sent to you he's often the cheapest out there his service levels are fantastic he's also had IVF himself so he totally gets it and he will dispatch and deliver to you if you want to go ahead your medication in the appropriate temperature controlled packaging and it'll be with you within 24 to 48 hours of paying by secure payment link So if this is something that stresses you out, which it is for lots of people, then just know that you've got that option. It's a free service um, from your IVF abroad because I'm an affiliate of the pharmacist, which means that if you did go ahead and place an order, I would receive a small commission. But as a part of that, you don't pay anymore. So it's win-win. And it means that you can get your medication quickly safely and without faff and hassle and without worrying about medication shortages because he's got pharmacies in different parts of the world so it's a lovely easy process and if that's something that you think could be helpful for you I'll link the details of that service in the show notes so you can go and have a look but wherever you're getting your medication from 
it's time now to get your medication sorted. The next thing to do is when you're looking at your protocol and you've got started, or maybe as you're looking at your protocol before you get started, you might be able to book in um, ultrasounds or you might need to wait for things like periods to arrive. And if there's any final tests that are needed for treatment that you aren't having at the clinic, you need to be booking those in now as well. Then on instruction from the clinic, when you're ready to start your treatment, you will start your medication and monitoring. Usually this is at home. Some people go abroad for the full thing, get the medication abroad, have all the monitoring scans and tests abroad and stay out there longer. But for the majority of people, you would still be at home at this point. And the next thing that you would then be doing is packing and getting your passport out, visas out ready and packed in your case. Then I recommend waiting until you get the go-ahead from your monitoring scan from the clinic once you've started your medication to book flights and accommodation and they will be able to advise you on which scan they will do this. So the reason I say this is because if for some reason on that scan things aren't going the way they're meant to go and treatment's abandoned, then if you've booked flights without um, the option to do a date change or you've booked accommodation without the option of free cancellation, and you're going to lose your money. And this happened to me, unfortunately. Um, you can totally decide, well, I'm going to do it anyway, Emma. For some people, like leaving it makes them feel too anxious. And I understand that. Or say, for example, you found the cheapest flights in the world, and it's like, do you know what? For the risk, we're going to do it. Um, there are also, you know, places where you can do free cancellation for accommodation, things like that as well. So that can be can be helpful. But just bear in mind that, you know, dates can change as you move along because bodies are bodies and, you know, things don't always go exactly to the protocol or sometimes the protocol you're given doesn't have final dates in it because they're waiting to, the clinic's waiting to see how things go as, as things move along. So just bear that in mind. You'll have an idea of the timings, but exact timings sometimes aren't, you know, exactly what you thought they'd be in the beginning. When you're starting to look at accommodation, think about your needs. Do you need a fridge? If you've got refrigerated medication, then you'll need a fridge and you'll need a um, cool bag, medicated cool bag, so you can travel with those drugs abroad as well. You also need to get a letter to travel with your medication from the clinic. And I suggest when you pack your medication, you keep it all in your hand luggage on you at all times. It makes it easier to go through um, security. And it just means if your baggage gets lost, your medication doesn't. And it takes away that stress as well. If when you get in medication, you are taking needles abroad, you will need to get yourself a travel sharp spin. So that's just a smaller sharp spin. Um, so make sure you pack that with your medication. Then coming to the last few things that you need to do. Once you've done this, figure out how you're getting to and from the airport. Some clinics send a pickup. Sometimes you will get public transport if it's easy and you're confident enough. Other people get a taxi or an Uber. Um, you might be able to walk depending on where you're staying. Or you can book a private transfer. So think about that as well. And then when you get there, and you've got to your accommodation, if there is time to do a dummy run to the clinic prior to your first appointment, I highly recommend this. 
it will bring down anxiety levels a lot because you know where you're going. You've seen the clinic and I think there's something about seeing it, physically seeing it and thinking, oh yeah, that does look like a a real proper clinic. Because I think for some of us, we think, oh my gosh, is it going to be all right? And until we get there, even if we've done all of our homework right, when, you know, seeing it and going, yeah, okay, it's real, it's all good, is is a, you know, a happy moment for sure. Um, because I think we can conjure up all sorts in our head, can't we, about like clinics down a dodgy back street alley somewhere. Um, so yeah, if you can do that, I would do that, particularly if you walk in. Um, Google Maps usually works brilliantly. Um, but if not, you know, or if you don't want to walk, if that's going to cause stress, there are public transport. And then, you know, most places have taxis and Ubers as well. Um, so you've got options, but if you can do a dummy run, it's something that I did, we did, and I recommend to my clients as well, um, so that you can just go take it in, you know what you're doing the next day or whenever it is that you're going to be going, you know where you're going, it just alleviates some of the some of the stress. So as you can see, it's doable. It is doable. I appreciate that, you know, it can feel just like too much and it feels like a lot, doesn't it, when you're having it in your own country. So when thinking about going abroad as well, it does add this extra layer of stuff. But actually when you look at it, it's a tick list of things that you need to do and work your way through. And there are so many benefits to going abroad, which you will have heard on many of my other podcasts, that, you know, it is worth it. You've just got to be organized, but you can totally do this one step at a time. I hope that's been useful and I'll see you soon for another episode of the podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to your IVF Abroad podcast with me, Emma Haslam. If you're interested in finding out if IVF Abroad could be right for you, then download my free checklist at yourivfabroad.co.uk forward slash who is IVF Abroad for.